Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2021 Bitty Awards. And now, to welcome your co-hosts for the evening, John O'Peck. Thank you, Chuck. All right, who here loves video games? Yeah. A lot of talk these days about these free-to-play games, yeah? Not for me. I'm more of a single-player, campaign kind of guy. What's the deal with, with microtransactions? What's so micro about these transactions? I heard it can cost 2,000 V-Bucks for one Fortnite skin. Fortnite? I mean, <laughs> more like, there goes my fortnightly paycheck. This guy knows what I'm talking about. Why are they called skins? It's a new outfit, new gun. The skin stays the same, far as I can tell. You know who's been in the news a lot this year is Blizzard. Mm-hmm. You hear about all the negative coverage, you don't hear about the good things. You know, I heard Bobby Kotick got a lot of thank you letters this year. People don't talk about that. Yeah, thank you letters from head of EA, from Quantic Dream, from Rockstar, Naughty Dog. Everyone's thanking Bobby for making everyone else forget about their crunch problems. Mm-hmm. Cross-promotion's a big thing these days. I heard Blizzard are doing a bit of a collab with the creators of Squid Game. Yeah, Last Man Standing doesn't get harassed. For one year. That's all from me. Thank you. You've been great. I'm going to introduce Brendan White, Miss Ellie Hart, the Hungry Gamers. Welcome to the 2021 Biddies. Ah, uh, yes. Thank you, thank you, thank you to Chuck Fresh and Australia's finest there in John O'Peck for bringing us in in a style that only John O'Peck can. Uh, I am your extremely humble co-host, Brendan White. You can find me on them socials at Brendan8Bit. And joining me, as is tradition, my hmm. podcast, Ride or Die, my co-host, partner in crime today. You can find her on them socials at Miss Ally Hart. Miss Ally Hart. How you doing? It's the second last episode of the year. It is our annual biddies to celebrate the best, the most memorable, the most fantastic releases from within the video game and pop culture universes. And uh, boy, howdy, am I excited. Yeah, it's a fantastic time for us to celebrate all the things that kind of made us happy this year. Uh, we got to, you know, got to celebrate the wins and the successes and the things that just made us feel good, especially when the, the world can be a little sucky at times. So uh, here's to that and here's to everyone that made things that uh, made everyone feel good. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, yeah, this episode, we've got six award categories to be tackling here on the biddies. We've got uh, Indie Darling of the Year, TV Show of the Year, Movie of the Year, Character of the Year, Most Anticipated Release for 2022, and then obviously the big one, the one that everyone wants to take out, and that is the Game of the Year Awards. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're coming at this from an impartial perspective. Anyone that's listened to The Hungry Gamers the last couple of weeks or months is we're doing our final episode for the year about our favourite things. So Miss Ellie Hart and I are going to be recapping and sharing our thoughts and opinions and feelings on the things that we've loved in 2021. So uh, we're going to try and be neutral adjudicators here on the biddies. This is uh, about you guys out there in the 8-Bit Nation. So all these uh, nominees and also the winners were decided wholly and solely by the 8-Bit Nation. So uh, these That's votes right. and these opinions are driven directly from you sexy legends out there 
in the uh, the pop culture video game sphere. So we thank each and every one of you for uh, taking the time out to cast your votes, share your opinions, share your thoughts. And uh, yeah, let's see if you guys backed the winning horse in these respective award <laughs> categories. But Miss Hart, what do you think? Do you think we should uh, start things off and, and maybe just jump right on into one of these categories and see who takes out the first award of the evening? Let's do it. Let's get this started. All right. Indie Darling of the Year. You heard that right, listeners. The first award goes to the Indie Darling of the Year. This category encompasses, I guess you could say, the the indie titles, the indie upstarts that uh, came out throughout the calendar year of 2021. Some of them to uh, much surprise. Some of them uh, came out of nowhere. Uh, Some of these games were on no people's radars, and yet they delivered instant cult classics. So uh, without further ado, here is the nominees for Indie Darling of the Year. And the first nominee, Valheim by Iron Gate AB. Severed Steel by Greylock Studio. The Artful Escape by Beethoven and Dinosaur. And uh, Voice of the Nation on the Artful Escape. Riffing away through the levels was both a visual and audio feast. Brought a smile to my face too many times to count. The next one from local upstarts Witchbeam up there in Queensland. We're talking about unpacking Voice of the Nation. It's a gorgeous indie game created by an Australian studio that really delves into powerful storytelling in an interesting and unique way, devoid of dialogue or text. It's stunning, interesting to play, and incredibly impactful as a new form of storytelling. And further, Voices of the Nation. It's a great little zen game that has really helped me personally with my anxiety and depression. It's quite relaxing and extremely wholesome. A couple more indie nominees. Green Knight. We're talking about the film there. It is an open-ended category, so uh, that is the only film here under Indie Darling of the Year, but it does check the box, mm-hmm. and uh, it is a good film. Uh, the next one, Death's Door by Acid Nerve. Voices of the Nation say, One of the best games of the year, indie or otherwise. Great story, combat, visuals, and soundtrack. Acid Nerve delivered on all fronts. And some more Voices of the Nation say, Death's Door was more proof that Devolver are kings of the indie title with compelling Dark Souls-like isometric gameplay and light-hearted storytelling. It was a unique combination that had me gripped from the first minute. Couple more nominees in the Indie Darling of the Year category. Crimson Spires by Woody Studio. Trigger Witch by Rainbite. The Ascent by Neon Giant. And Kena, Bridge of Spirits by Emberlab. And a little bit of Voice of the Nation on this one. Had a fantastic time with Kena this year. While it doesn't hold a place in my heart like Hades did from last year, it is engaging, fun, and absolutely gorgeous. The fact it was made by a 14-person studio over at Emberlab is absolute witchcraft. And the last nominee for Indie Darling of the Year goes to Inscription, which is done by Daniel Mullins Games. And a quick bit of fact from the nation. Inscription, hands down, they say. To explain why would ruin the game but if you know you know that games goes places and it's captivating every step of the way so they are our nominees for indie darling of the year mm-hmm. miss hart where is your heart leading you as far as what you'd potentially forecast or like to see take away the trophy for indie darling of the year out of that list 
I mean, we've been spoiled for indie titles this year, so we've actually been quite lucky. It's actually making it a very difficult category uh, to select one, but we've got some great games in here. Like, I agree with The Nation, with Kina, uh, with Death's Door. Like, these were some fantastic titles. We, we had the benefit of playing Trigger Witch as well. Like, we've got some great games in here, so it's going to be a hard one. Most definitely, Miss Hart. Yeah, we, it was hit after hit this year. And especially like for us with our direct touch, like those titles you rattled off where we went from game to game to game and they just blew us away. Like another one that's not on the list here was Boyfriend Dungeon, which I really enjoyed myself and yourself as well as far as a point of difference. And talking about Inscription, I haven't played it yet, but I'm very, very keen to experience it. I've watched some streamers play and it is a journey. So uh, yeah, certainly put that on your Christmas wish lists, 8-Bit Nation. But uh Let's break down and announce this winner here. With approximately 40% of the total vote, the award for Indie Darling of the Year goes to Witchbeam with Unpacking. Congratulations, Witchbeam. It is very well deserved. And we've got a quote directly here from Ren Bria from Witchbeam. And he says, thank you so much for the Indie Darling of the Year award. We are honored to receive this, especially on a year with so many amazing indie releases. We've been floored by the response to unpacking and are just so happy it's resonating with players. Of course, we couldn't have made this game without our incredible team. Thanks to Tim, Jeff, Angus, Michelle, Angela, Damon, Joe, Victoria, Stacey, Annie, and Nart. So Renbrie, thank you for that, uh, that quote and uh, your award will be in the mail shortly. So there you go. Unpacking takes out the Indie Darling of the Year award. Miss Hart, what do you think? Should we jump into the next uh, category? Have you got a, got anything you want to share or talk about in between? Shall we kill time? Should we drag this out for three or four hours like most award ceremonies do? Uh, well, I, I'm really good at making uh, hand farts if you want a musical number. <laughs> <laughs> On to the next award. That was completely unscripted, and I'm living for every second of that. So on to the next award, Apey Nation. Here we go. Movie of the Year. Fairly self-explanatory there. Movie of the Year. We're talking about films that were released in the calendar year of 2021. And the nominees are... Dune, directed by Denis Villeneuve. And uh, some voice of the nation on this one. I love movies. Dune is epic, grand, and spectacular. Massive in scale, but not small in visual glorification. I don't think I've seen sand look so good. (laughs) And some more voice of the nation. Visually stunning and true to the story. Can confirm on both fronts. I was a big fan of Dune. A couple of other nominees for Movie of the Year. Free Guy, directed by Sean Levy. No Time to Die, directed by Kari Joji Fukunaga. And voice of the nation on this one. Although not the best of the Daniel Craig Bond films, Casino Royale takes that crown, this was still an excellent film and gave me plenty to think about afterwards. And another voice of the nation on No Time to Die, hitting both the old school Bond action, the chase in Italy was so wild, minor spoilers there, and all the emotional moments from Craig's era, it was fitting to end uh, Daniel Craig's time as Bond that left me shook couple more nominees for movie of the year luca directed by enrico casarosa raya and the last dragon directed by carlos lopez estrada and don hall eternals directed by chloe Zhao, and voice of the nation on eternals 
I'm a Marvel fanboy, so I'm incredibly biased. And although I wouldn't rate Eternals five stars, I'm so inspired by the way Marvel have built themselves, their characters and their stories to a point in popular culture that they can take a relatively unknown source material that has 10 leading characters and pull it off. It is cinematically beautiful, tells a great story and helps further hype up future MCU IP. Still haven't watched Eternals. It's on my list, but uh, that runtime has made me hesitant to go to the cinemas at the moment. It's Clocking rough. in at uh, 2.4 hours, I think. It's a, it's a journey, but uh, I'm looking forward to it. And it certainly impacted the nation there. Couple more nominees. Jungle Cruise, directed by Juame Cole Serra. And Last Night in Soho, obviously directed by Edgar Wright and Voice of the Nation on this one. Last Night in Soho has a brilliant soundtrack, performances, and the cinematic style you would expect from Wright. Other nominees, Promising Young Woman, directed by Emerald Fennel. Another Round, directed by Thomas Vinterberg. Paw Patrol, the movie, directed by Cal Brunker. Suicide Squad, directed by James Gunn and Voice of the Nation says, it was great to finally see a good DC movie that had everything from laughs, action, and a decent story. James Gunn manages to revive the fortunes of a once derided IP and we get to see John Cena practically bursting out of his shirt. What's not to love? Mm. And the final three nominations for Movie of the Year are... In the Heights, directed by John M. Chu. Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, directed by Destin Daniel Cretton. And the last one, Demon Slayer Mugen Train, directed by Haro Sotozaki. So a very extensive list there. Very uh, deserving nominees as far mm. as movie of the year. I have watched maybe 80%-ish of that list. There's a couple <laughs> I've missed, but I've watched about 80 sitting at a strong like one percent uh of the you're years. looking at a strong one percent <laughs> uh, you know your girl doesn't go to the cinema anymore and if they don't stream it i ain't gonna see it um, put down the svu dvds miss hart <laughs> never i mean it's been a good year for movies in the sense that we're getting to see a lot more diversity um we're seeing a lot of um studios now taking like you know I wouldn't want to say the term risks, but they're actually, you know, escaping out of the shell of normality. Um, in saying that, we also got some great action movies as well. Um, obviously, Suicide Squad was absolute gangbusters. It was amazing. And then we saw uh, uh, another James Bond exiting the uh, franchise. So pretty intense. Mm, I'm very much looking forward to Idris Elba being confirmed as the next Bond. Yes. But uh, yeah, it was a, was a very diverse, diverse list of uh, movie nominees there. I would throw Ghostbusters Afterlife onto this list after watching it this week. By the sounds of things, though, I will not be throwing Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City on the list, which I'm going to be watching this afternoon. But uh, Miss Hart, it was a very, very close race as far as votes. Uh, there was a lot of loyal fans across a good amount of those movies listed there in the nominations. So the award... For movie of the year, and it goes to the Suicide Squad. And to accept the award on behalf of everyone involved with the Suicide Squad, the man who portrayed Robert Dubois, aka Bloodsport, welcome to the stage, Idris Elba. Well, I don't know what to say. I want to say thank you so much. This is an amazing. Um, uh, I just. I, I never, I never thought I'd ever hold hold one of these, but I think um, 
you know, what, uh, what I'm, the spirit of is growing. And, and, you know, if, if I'm just a musician, then, you know, I, I, I wouldn't get one of these. But um, if, uh, if I am someone that does believe in sort of like expanding your horizons, just like Eight is doing, and um, I guess trying to inspire others to do the same, then this is a very special award for me. I'm very thankful for it. Um, yes, you know, my, you know my history. I've, I've, I've been sort of uh, on all sides of uh, my journey. You know, I didn't, I didn't have success very early, um, and I went through some very dark times. And you know what I mean? One thing I kept doing is, you know, inspiring myself, looking for inspiration and growing, and, uh, and it hasn't stopped, and I want to keep doing that. And I also uh, want to inspire others. You know, there are millions of me sitting at home right now and they don't know it and it's just good to be able to get this sort of platform to sort of say come on man go for it so listen man no speech ready but thank you so much for this this is really good thank you thank you so much idris for inspiring not only myself but no doubt countless others out there in the 8-bit nation so i think i think that's a deserving win it's it's tough because you and i were very very fond of this movie we, we spoke were. glowingly after both watching it uh, several months ago in the cinema. Oh, you actually watched it on the streamer, didn't you? You didn't I go did. to the cinema. I had the comfort yeah. of the couch, see? Yeah, I had comfort of the, the film, the movie chair, which was fine, and some fresh popcorn and a, a large Coke. Don't think I had a, um, a chock top that day, but uh, great film, great cast, righted all the wrongs from the first iteration of Suicide Squad, as far which as I a movie enjoy. sense, and cannot wait for more James Gunn inspired Suicide Squad Madness. We've obviously got the Peacemaker TV show coming yeah. out in January, which I'm excited for. A bit more of that John Cena bursting out of his shirt and wearing that uh, that toilet seat as a hat. Uh, but yeah, Suicide Squad takes out movie of the year. All right, 8-Bit Nation, we're going to take a quick break here from the awards to announce a different kind of winner. Obviously, throughout the uh, this holiday period, We've been uh, spruiking and promoting some giveaways that you could potentially pick yourselves up for chucking your nominations in for Festivus and or the Biddies. So we're going to announce the first runner-up prize winner, and they're going to be taking home an ATH-G1 wired gaming headset, courtesy of those legends over at Audio-Technica, is worth $249, and the winner of the ATH G1 gaming headset goes to Morticia Armstrong. <laughs> we will be uh, damning you on them socials in the coming days to get your postal address. And hopefully we can get this to you before Christmas so you can be gaming and streaming and just listening to all that content with the best in audio equipment from those legends over at audiotechnica.com.au. Miss Hart, let's keep the good times rolling and move into this category. TV show of the year. All right. Fairly self-explanatory there from that soundbite as well. We are talking about the best TV show that aired in 2021. We've got a bit of a shorter list of nominees compared to, uh, compared to the previous award categories, but let's jump in and uh, rattle these off. And the first nominee for TV show of the year goes to Loki, which is created by Michael Waldron, and voice of the nation says, 
I felt it did the best of the Marvel shows to move the overall story along in a big way. I can agree with that. Avoiding spoilers, but it did have some big moments, Mm. big reveal, and I am very excited. I just love the tone. I love the actors. I just love the... The visual oomph that this show just was throwing at you right from the jump with all these crazy universes and planets and timelines, and I cannot wait for more, Loki. Yeah, fantastic supporting cast. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The next nominee, Ted Lasso, which was created by Jason Sudeikis, Bill Lawrence, Brendan Hunt, and Joe Kelly. Uh, Another nominee. This one goes to Squid Game. We're talking about the global juggernaut of of 2021, created by Huang Dong-hyuk. And Voice of the Nation on Squid Game. Not the greatest TV show, but the Marvel episode broke me. I think that is a universal statement there. That Marvel Marvel episode was very heavy and very emotional. More words from the nation. Just a huge gut punch in realism and tension. Kept my wife and I completely engrossed. While it was nothing new for people who have watched a lot of Asian cinema or anime... Squid Game had great writing and excellent cast, great effects, and had so many twists that it made the whole watching experience pretty memorable. The next nominee goes to The Bad Batch, which is created by Dave Filoni. As an avid lover of Star Wars and the Clone Wars series, this year for me, it was The Bad Batch, as it gives us a deeper understanding of some of our favorite clones from the Clone Wars series and what it did in the aftermath of the Clone Wars. Words there from the nation. The next nominee goes to WandaVision, which is created by Jack Schaefer. WandaVision exceeded expectations, and although there were probably better TV shows released this year, WandaVision went whack and managed to come out of the other side with a genuinely impressive piece of television viewing. It played with, subverted, and absolutely smashed expectations of television genres. It was eclectic in design and bizarre in story, but it all worked. I think credit goes where credit is due and WandaVision absolutely deserves all the credit and accolades it gets. And the final two nominations for TV show of the year goes to Heels, which is created by Michael Waldron and Invincible created by Robert Kirkman. So we've got two animated shows, Mm. which is exciting. Also like a a lot of, um, we've got got some uh, superhero content, got a few superhero based to, TV showings as well and it, it, I can see why maybe the nominations for TV being a little bit low in a in different varying content because I think we did get some really really good good TV shows out and it's probably mm-hmm. really really hard to kind of separate what you like the best of the best so it seems like everyone kind of almost came to a consensus on a lot of a lot of TV shows that were out this year very true indeed and um one glaring omission, but obviously with the voting line sort of wrapping just as this show started airing, Arcane is not on here, which would be True. one that uh, would be deserving of being in this category. And then also the just vast smattering of anime that I've watched that has come out this year. I'll just throw that whole bucket. I'll just say good 2021 fantasy anime that Brendan has watched would be nominated if I was uh, handling that as well. But uh, yeah, good list. I have watched... Everything on this list bar the Bad Batch. Everything else I've watched front to back and, uh, yeah, loved everything about everything he mentioned. But let's jump into the winner. So the award for TV show of the year with approximately 50% of the total vote. It goes to 
Squid Game! Oh. oh, congratulations to Squid Game. Yeah, congratulations to Squid Game. I don't think too many people are surprised. Like, uh, you know, the nation there, I think they hit it pretty well where it just came out of nowhere and it just kept audiences engrossed. The world was instantly talking about it because it was a show that had, I guess, little expectation on release and then it just caught on with that social media hype and anticipation and FOMO and everybody had to watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a, it was a great little show. It was uh, very unique in design and art design as well. And yeah, 50% of uh, the 8-Bit Nation agrees that it's a show of the year. Yeah, they felt very strongly about uh, about Squid Game. Don't know if they'll feel as strong with Squid Game Part 2 whenever that drops out. But uh, you know what? It's fine. And, and congratulations to Huang Dong-hyuk and, and his team that put this thing together. You, you've probably seen and heard the stories online and through other podcasts where he battled to get this thing uh, realized for mm. the better part of a decade. And now it's here and it's getting all the praise and... And well done to everybody involved. And yeah, we'll, we'll see if season two can uh, deliver or will it collapse under now the weight and the hype and the hysteria that season one has become. All right, Miss Hart, let's keep this moving. We're going to jump into our fourth award category in the biddies. Character of the Year. I ah, just needed to uh, take a little bit of nourishment there stay hydrated out there people make sure you drink your two liters of water a day it is key and it will keep uh this show at such a high standard you to expect here at the biddies so character of the year we're talking about the most memorable the best or the worst you could say if they're they're sort of a, a good guy or a bad guy you know protagonist antagonist it's totally up to the nation as far as their favorite character of the year. Could be for good reasons, could be for horrible reasons. And this could be people from gaming. Uh, there's been a few people getting some love from film and television as well. So mm-hmm. it's completely open to anything within the video game and pop culture realms. And the nominees are for character of the year 2021. Anton Castillo in Far Cry 6. Voice of the Nation. Giancarlo dives into this role with full force, delivering one of the best antagonists we have seen in years. The next nominee, Raz from Psychonauts 2. The nation says, lovable, capable of empathy and growth and has amazing brain powers. The next nominee, also from Psychonauts 2, we're talking about Sam Bull. Not the most important character in the game, but left the biggest impression. A lovable lunatic whose psychic ability is talking to animals. The pancake scene had me crying laughing. The next nominee, Deku from My Hero Academia. Next one, Shay from Raya, The Last Dragon. Kate from Kate on Netflix. See the balls to the wall action with uh, Mary Kate Winstead, or Mary Elizabeth Winstead that came out about a month ago now, I believe. A little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Q4. The next one, our boy, resident 8-bit superfan, can't confirm nor deny, Nathan Fillion for The Rookie. And we've got Mono from Little Nightmares 2. Mm-hmm. Rivet from Ratchet & Clank, Rift Apart. Voice of the Nation says, Great variation to Ratchet & Clank and a charismatic character with an interesting backstory that gave her emotional depth. Rift Apart isn't the same game it is without her. Could not agree more with that statement. 
the next nominee, we're talking Samus from Metroid Dread. Biggest comeback in many, many years and absolutely slammed in hard with the release of Metroid Dread. And uh, more voice from the nation. This is Peak Samus and it's so freaking badass. Loved every minute I spent with her. The next one's a, a split nomination and that's Colt and Juliana from Deathloop. Ethan Winters from Resident Evil Village. Celine from Returnal. Hutch Mansell from Nobody. Fantastic movie, by the way. And Bob Odenkirk absolutely nails it as Hutch Mansell. Ted Lasso, played by Jason Sudeikis, obviously in Ted Lasso. Voice of the Nation says, Jason Sudeikis absolutely kills it as Ted. The way he deals with issues and shitty people is amazing and has changed the way I deal with shitty people in my own life. And the last nomination for Character of the Year goes to Loki, played by Tom Hiddleston, obviously on Loki. So there you go. There is the list of nominations for Character of the Year, Miss Hart. What do you think? That's a very, very deserving list and a very varied cast of characters there. Yeah, I'm really impressed to see some uh, very unique characters in here that I wouldn't have anticipated, but don't necessarily not like I actually could agree with them being actually being in the list. Um, seeing Mono from Little Nightmares 2, a, a, a wonderful character and in introduction to the lore of Little Nightmares. Um which is also a great game. I may be a little impartial, but obviously seeing Raz and Sam Bull from Psychonauts 2, I feel like there's a bunch of characters in Psychonauts 2 that could get character of the year, in my personal opinion. And then obviously Giancarlo, who is an actor and extraordinaire. Um, so it's it's absolutely no surprise to see him on this list. But there's some really, really great characters here. Yeah, we, we've been spoiled with choice this year across all mediums, across film, across gaming, across television, and everything else in between. There are so many people you can love or hate in the best kind of ways. And uh, we've got a good good list there that uh, yeah brings a lot of diversity to this, this category. And uh, let's jump into the winner. And 8-Bit Nation, this is the first. We actually have a tie oh. for the Character of the Year Award. And this is going to go to both Anton Castillo by Giancarlo Esposito and Rivet, played by the lovely Jennifer Hale. So congratulations to our joint winners. They couldn't be more different from a character you love or hate when it comes to these two games. That's right. But congratulations. And we've actually got some words here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, I, I'm so inspired to be here, and I, I want to thank uh, H-Bit. Uh, for being so committed to film, so committed to, to all of us as a community, as a society, as human beings, uh, and realize and have a renewal of understanding of how important the arts are uh, to our humanity, uh, to us being able to sit in a room uh, on one afternoon and travel the world and really have the opportunity to be exposed to many different cultures that we didn't know about, many different relig religions, many different ways that people communicate to each other, um, not only culturally but also uh, in gender. And it, it is a wonderful thing that does for us in that it renews and reestablishes our awareness not only of who we are, but of who we aren't and who we may want to become. So 
to be here is extra special because it is, it's an extension of the world that is so well-defined in entertainment to a community that is just up and coming and looks to be and looks to be able to have this industry and culture extended to them. And so my mother used to tell me that you desire is everything. And, uh, and that desire to, for me to perform and for me to be uh, on screen and on stage in the performing arts, I am really in gratitude to be here and to be inspired. So I'm here just to say thank you. And all of you as human beings would feel and come to understand that if you are able to have a commitment and love and desire for what you do, that is all you need. Whether or not you're Van Gogh who never sells a painting, or whether you're Steven Spielberg who has really successful movies, the idea is that when you link up the love for what you do, you are connecting not only yourself to your craft, but you're connecting others to you and to your craft. And there's nothing greater that comes out of our world than this four-letter word called love. L-O-V-E. And that begins with how you love and respect yourself and how your love and commitment guides you through your life to connect with other people and how your love and commitment constantly reaffirms who you are, which connects to who we are as human beings to the world. So I just have to say thank you because I'm in deep gratitude for a career I'm just beginning. Thank you so much. There you go, Miss Hart. I think um, I think that's a deserving victory for both parties there. I adored Rivet and I adored Anton Castillo for very different reasons. They were <laughs> someone you loved and someone you loved to hate, but they both were just the, the central point of both of these games that was just waiting the entire story and just drawing you. And they were, they were the magnet for both of these, these games. And I loved my time with either of these characters anytime they were on screen because they just stole the show. Yeah, especially with a character like Rivet. It's very, um, it must be very difficult to kind of introduce a new character into a beloved franchise. But Rivet was just absolutely adorable. Loved it. Yeah, me too. Me too. And uh, yeah, if you wanted to go get our thoughts in more detail on both of those titles, we've got spoiler cast episodes for not only uh, Far Cry 6, but also Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart on the Hungry Games RSS feed. So go do yourself a favor over this Christmas break. When you got the family together, maybe chuck it on the radio. Chuck it, chuck it on the home audio-based system and let them listen to our thoughts on both of those fantastic games. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll thank you later for it. That's for sure. Because uh, 8-Bit and the Hunger Game is bringing people closer together for Christmas. Miss Hart, let's uh, let's put a pin in the award categories for a, another second and announce our second runner-up prize winner for another fantastic gaming headset from those legends over at Audio Technica. This one is slightly different to the first. This is the ATH G1WL. So it is the wireless gaming headset from those legends over at Audio Technica. It has a street value of 349 AUD. And the winner of the ATH G1WL wireless gaming headset goes to Tony Sullivan. <laughs> 
Congratulations, sir. But uh, we will be sliding into your messages in the coming days to get your postal address to try and get this in your hands before Christmas. So congratulations again to Tony and thank you again to Audio Technica, the best in audio-based equipment for gaming, podcasting, content creation, streetwear, you want to sit at home and listen to your vinyl. They've got fantastic record players. They've got everything. So head on over to audiotechnica.com.au and pick yourself up some quality. Treat yourself before Christmas comes. Treat yourself a little, little early present to yourself. Maybe maybe some uh, Bluetooth noise-canceling headphones, in-ear or over-ear, whatever you want. It is there, audiotechnica.com.au. Now, Open Nation, it is uh, about the midway point here of the 2021 biddy, so we thought we'd break up the show a little bit and announce our very special musical guest, Sadly, Star-Lord, that you may or may not have heard in Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy game a couple of months ago, was unavailable for today. But uh, luckily, we did have someone come through last minute that is going to lend their musical talents and also their uh, just general aura, their boldness, their raspy voice to this fantastic podcast format. And uh, we are proud to bring to the stage... Everyone's favourite extended family member, Mr. Vin Diesel! Whoa, 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 Vin, Vin, Vin. Sorry, man, sorry, we've got to stop you there. This just isn't working. This song sucks. Miss Hart, we should have trusted our gut. And when uh, he came walking by and knocked on the studio here in an act of desperation, we should have just ignored it, turned off the lights, and hoped he would have went away. I know, Vin, you're feeling pretty upset that The Rock has cut you out, and now 8-Bit has as well. But uh, you know what, man? You're a bit of a dick, and your music ability is non-existent. Stick to uh, fighting car battles in space. Uh, grab your check on the way out as well as a cupcake and uh, we'll see you next time. It's never goodbye. <sighs> that was awkward, Miss Hart. That was very, very awkward. It was a bad, bad decision letting him into this studio. I'm hoping he's not going to steal one of my plants or one of my dogs when he leaves. But uh, let's uh, try and change the energy here in the room now because it's gotten very deflated because of Mr. Diesel. Uh, let's jump into the next award category. Most anticipated game of 2022. <laughs> I've got to edit that. <laughs> Couldn't notice. Didn't notice a thing. <laughs> Flawless. <I've... laughs> uh, listeners. A little bit of inside baseball here, but that was a soundbite that was most anticipated game for 2017. And I spliced the end of, obviously, because we're five years into the future from when this soundbite was first created. And I forgot to write a note in the doc that I had to jump in and say the 2022 to obviously make it flow and be nice and succinct. And uh, that is the end result. 
So sorry for letting everybody down there. I completely dropped the ball. You have to keep it on the Hungry Gamers vibe, though, so it fits. It fits. Yeah, yeah. I, I will not edit that. I will own that. I'll let that go <laughs> in its entirety. But, yeah, we are talking about the most anticipated release for 2022. And we've got a nice, diverse list and a lot of heavy hitters on said list as far as games and content to get excited for mm. in the upcoming calendar year. And the first one... Rise of the Shield Hero Season 2. That is an anime title that I discovered this year as well, and I absolutely adore. Will I be mentioning on our favorite things of 2021? Maybe I will, but uh, it is also on the most anticipated list for 2022. Uh, the next one, Horizon Forbidden West by Guerrilla Games and Voice of the Nation. Horizon Zero Dawn is one of my top games of all time, so I cannot wait for the sequel. And no, I did not write that Voice of the Nation there, but it's also mm. one of my favorite games of all time. So virtual high five to the nation for that one. The next one, God of War Ragnarok by Santa Monica Studio. I cannot wait to meet and fight cuddly Thor, the nation says. <laughs> and another big, big, big experience coming our way in 2022. We're talking about Starfield by Bethesda. The nation says, Elder Scrolls slash Fallout in space, it pretty much sells itself, expecting the usual janky goodness that we know from Bethesda, but amongst the stars. And uh, following on from the previous nominee of God of War Ragnarok, they also say, would pick God of War 2, but I just don't see it coming out next year. Bit of pessimism there from the nation. I adore the first Horizon, and they cannot wait for that also. But Starfield takes it out for me. Elder Scrolls in space. Sign me up. The next one, which we got another trailer just yesterday at the Game Awards. Yeah. We're talking about Hellblade 2 by Ninja Theory. My God, that trailer got me excited, Miss Hart. Um, that was gameplay trailer they showed. That's and what they said, yeah. Stunning. <laughs> it's pretty hectic. Absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, I cannot wait to see what happens further as they develop our senior story there. The next announcement, Lost Ark is a nominee for most anticipated of 2022, and it's done by Smilegate and Tripod. So that is currently uh, a fantasy MMO that has been out in Korea now for, I think, 18 months or so, give or take, and it's Ooh. finally getting localized releases in early 2022. Uh, look gorgeous. I saw some trailers and some gameplay for it. It looks stunning and it checks my anime weeb obsession boxes. That's for damn sure. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. yeah. No judgment, please. Uh, the next nominee for most anticipated for 2022 goes to Elden Ring. That's from From Software. Even with my limited gaming time, I'm excited to play this game to see if it lives up to the hype and anticipation everyone is waiting for, the nation says. Uh, we've got a movie shout-out here, Jurassic World Dominion, as far as most anticipated. Yeah, I'm, I'm there a little bit with you, nation. Uh, obviously, I'm a Jurassic Park tragic and getting the OG cast back again for the end of this second trilogy gets me excited. The previous Jurassic World film was not the best, but I'm hoping the old cast coming back will ground it and add some extra weight to it. 
Otherwise, I'm going to be very sad. Another anticipated title for 2022. We're talking about Sifu from Slow Clap. And the nation says, the combat and environmental physics look interesting. The Aegis mechanic is also cool. Being on the, uh, bring on the old boy simulator. Yes. I love old boy. God, such a good film. The original, not the one with Josh Brolin, but anyway. A couple of other most anticipated titles for 2022. Pokemon Legends Arceus by Game Freak. Gran Turismo 7 by Polyphony Digital. Doctor Strange, The Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, we're talking about the Marvel film. And The Nation says in that one, shit is going to blow open the MCU in that movie. And uh, I'm excited because they're saying it's going to be one of the darker entries into the Marvel Universe. And... Uh, play around a little bit of horror so uh i'm very interested in that myself but miss hart with approximately 35 percent of the total vote the award for most anticipated release of 2022 goes to gorilla games's horizon forbidden west and i could not be happier oh that was subtle <laughs> just admit it brendan you just like created a bunch of dummy accounts <laughs> They're all burners. <laughs> yeah, burners. <laughs> no, I know how much the Abit Nation shares the love of uh, Horizon with you. So, I mean, yeah, there's a lot of great things coming out, but I know everyone's kind of looking forward to that one. Yeah, and and the fact that it's got a fixed release date, I think, is the exciting part. Well, yeah, Some of these games are still very much in the wind as will they or won't they release in 2022 and, and if they are is it the back end we don't have not only a quarter or a season we've got nothing for some of those titles where we don't have to wait very long at all because forbidden west comes out in february as does sifu so uh two games on the most anticipated list there, both coming out in the same month but miss hart this brings us to the final award the big one the biddy to end all biddies you know, we're talking big, big, big time biddies here as far as the... Hey, uh, hey, Brendan. Got a sec? Hey, Jono. Hey. What's going on, man? Thanks thanks again for the intro, but we're ah, yeah. kind of right in the middle of recording here. Oh, and, uh, sorry. Do you need something? Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, the show's going great. Uh, just wanted to check when the Best Indie Debut Award is happening. I was, I was going to duck out for a sec, but I don't want to miss a thing as... Steve Tyler would say. Uh, debut Indie Time? Yeah, yeah. You know, Trigger Witch coming out this year. I thought it might be my time to get in on the biddies. Wrote a bit of an acceptance speech just in case. So when, when's that happening? Let me just uh, scroll through this agenda in case I missed something here. But uh, I don't think we've got a debut Indie Award on the agenda. Hmm? At least not for this year, man. Uh, can you check it again? What do you What do you mean? Like, you've you've already done it. I mean, you uh, already, already. Yeah, I mean, there's uh, there's no debut indie award. Like, I I put this thing together. I've been working on this agenda for a couple of weeks now, and uh, there's an indie darling of the year, Come which on. Trigger, which was actually nominated for, but uh, Man, no debut indie award. I'm afraid. My I friend. thought you were gonna run these things past me after you spelt biddies wrong and that whole debacle. <sighs> But uh, thinking no. outside the square, you know, we'll move on about you trying to character assassinate <laughs> my use of the English vocabulary oh, here. Man. But uh, didn't Rainbite release a game 
before Trigger Witch. So how is it going to be a debut indie award anyway? I mean, they did, yeah. Rainbite put out Reverie, but I I didn't. This this is my first game, so it's my debut. So you want us to create an award designed specifically for Australia's John Opec? Is that right? Uh, yes, pretty much. Seems fair, right? <sighs> Look. We'll take a look at it. We'll uh, we'll take this feedback on board. We'll workshop it outside of recording. As I said, we're trying to record this thing live. Yeah, sorry. sorry. You know, Ali's sitting here dumbfounded on the other end of this Zoom call <laughs> just, in America yeah. right now. It's it's very late. It's getting close to dinner time. We want to be respectful of her time. But uh, Ali and I will chat offline and, and see what we can do for uh, the 2022 biddies. What do you think? Oh, next year. I mean, I can't debut two years in a row. Like, how does that help? But uh, maybe you can have another crack at Indie Darling of the Year Award then. How's that sound? Yeah, yeah. I don't even know if I have a game coming out next year. What 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 about like comedy rewatch podcast of the year? Is, is there one of those coming up? Like, uh, not. I don't know. Do, you, do you want to hear my acceptance speech? Like, I've already written it. That's uh, it, it's all good, man. We're uh, we're being trying trying to be mindful here of everyone's time. Okay. But uh, thanks again for that intro. It's some of your best work. Yeah. It puts everything you've done on putting in work and comedy rewind to shame. Really, really funny. Really, really good stuff. Like, yeah, 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 and Jono, yeah, soup yeah. is a meal, but uh, we got to get rolling okay, here. Okay. Stay hungry. <sighs> All right, Al in the Ape Nation, where were we? Game of the Year. Thank you, Chuck Fresh. So yes, we're talking about the game to end all games for 2021. And the nominees are Deathloop by Arcane Studios. Nation says, investigative first person shooter. So much fun, it never gets boring, looks stunning. Deathloop made me think more than an FPS title has or ever will again. And its style and gunplay was super tight. The next nominee, Far Cry 6 by Ubisoft. The next nominee... Psychonauts 2 by Double Fine, The Nation says, This game is just so special. A 3D platformer has no right to make you feel so much. It approaches mental health in such a wonderful, healing way that it sets the standard for the genre forevermore. More words from The Nation on Psychonauts 2. Clever platformer with amazing art style, level design, and direction. It tackles hard mental health and illness issues in a really confronting yet positive way. It's not all serious though, packing so much zaniness and jokes into the world and characters had a blast with this game. Uh, the next nominee goes to Moonglow Bay. Little indie gem there from Bunny Hug. Another nominee for Game of the Year goes to Age of Empires 4, which is done by Relic Entertainment and World's Edge. Another nominee for Game of the Year, which also got some love in Indie Darling of the Year. We're talking about Valheim by Iron Gate AB. The Nation says, I'll have to say Valheim only because the game came out of nowhere. Was developed by a tiny studio, really fun multiplayer, great pricing, has smoke physics, and installs for less than one gigabyte. Don't think you'll find many games like that these days. Another nominee for Game of the Year goes to Returnal by Housemark. Housemark's ability to transition from indie darling to AAA quality studio that garnered almost universal praise and resulted in acquisition from Sony was amazing. 
a roguelite that was AAA that excelled in platforming bullet hell arcade style addictive gameplay loop that has supreme audio and visual design. An absolutely amazing feat. The next nominee goes to Metroid Dread done by Mercury Steam and Nintendo. Metroid defined the Metroidvania genre alongside Castlevania, of course. And this is the first 2D side-scrolling Metroid game since Fusion in 2002. That's almost 20 years we have waited. Is Metroid back at what Metroid does best and it largely succeeds in this mission? Originally, this game was slated to be released in the early 2000s, but was cut and put on the back burner due to technical limitations. Fortunately, the delay has resulted in one of the most enjoyable games of 2021. It scratches that Metroid itch while still containing new and refreshing elements of story, design, and gameplay to make it a really interesting iteration in the series. I had so much fun with this one and truly believe it earns its spot as my game of the year. The Nation, coming in strong for Metroid Dread. A couple more nominees for Game of the Year. Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and The Nation says on RE Village, I don't usually keep up to date with new releases, but once I played RE7, I needed to play Village, and once I had my PS5, it was everything and then some of what I wanted and expected for RE to be. And the last two noms, we're talking Xbox slash Microsoft exclusives here, Forza Horizon 5 by Playground Games, and Halo Infinite by 343. So we've got a very meaty, very mm. heavy-hitting list here as far as potential Game of the Year winners. They're all winners in my eyes, Miss Hart, but what about you? Yeah, we've got a good, good like mix-up of indies. We've got some AAAs. We've got some strategies. We've got small teams. We've got big teams. We've got a whole... A whole massive games, but then I'm also surprised to see some games maybe not making this list that I thought, and maybe in contrast to another game award. So that was kind of surprising as well. Um, I'm very curious to see who wins this one. Yeah, there is. Uh, there's no love amongst our uh, our listener base and amongst the nation for it takes two. That's for sure. <laughs> you mm. know, ain't nobody got time for that game over here. And uh, I thought deaths. Uh, Death's Door was deserving of falling into here as well, but uh, yeah. we've just got some harsh critics out there in the nation. Fair enough. You know, gaming is what you make of it, and uh, it uh, deserves all the nominations it's been getting, but sadly, it doesn't fall into Game of the Year for the 2021 biddies. But the big one, with approximately 25% of the vote, the award for Game of the Year goes to. Arcane's Deathloop, Miss Hart. Deathloop has taken out our game of the year for 2021. Congratulations to those legends over at Arcane and Bethesda. And here to accept the game of the year award for Deathloop, we have Bethesda's ANZ managing director, Simon Alti. Simon, the floor is yours, mate. Hi, everyone. It's Simon here from Bethesda, Australia. And um, I'm calling in with a special task, which is to uh, say thank you to the whole 8-bit community on behalf of our friends and our colleagues at Arcane Leon, the uh, creators of the uh, incredible game Deathloop. We're so glad that you enjoyed the game. Uh, we're particularly proud that it was voted for by the community, which makes it even more special because it's the players that mattered the most to the studio. 
So um, thanks again, and um, we hope to see you soon. Take care. Bye. Thank you very much, Simon, for those kind words. We wish you and everyone over there at Bethesda the happiest and safest of holidays, and we cannot wait to play many more fantastic titles from Bethesda. Much love. I adored my time with the game. It was really fun. It was really funky. Check out our spoiler cast on Deathloop here on the Hungry Games RSS. Over Christmas, as I said, bring the family together, cut that ham, eat that prawn, listen to some spoiler cast. What a Christmas day, Miss Hart. Eat that prawn. <laughs> eat that prawn. Not plural, just... Just one. One prawn. Because they're so expensive. Prawns over here, especially over Christmas, it's like, oh, yeah, it's fucking 40 bucks a kilo for some prawns. Like, get out of here, mate. Mm. Anyway, Miss Hart, Deathloop wins our game of the year for 2021 as awarded by the 8-Bit Nation. So mm-hmm. congratulations again. Well-deserving. Didn't play that one, but I know that it was well-loved across the gaming industry. I know that it uh, it is quite unique. It had some, obviously, some turmoil in getting it out on time and running into all the issues thanks to the situation, but it got out there. It was loved. Everyone enjoyed it, heard endlessly good things about this game, so... Congratulations to the team and well done for Deathloop being the game of the year, as said by the 8-Bit Nation. Yes, indeed. And uh, yeah, clearly the the big reveal and the ending, uh, very divisive out there in uh, game social media, but not divisive enough to uh, not allow it to take the big victory here. So yeah, Deathloop, our 2021 game of the year for the biddies, as voted by the nation. But to follow that up, Miss Hart, we should announce our major winner. So obviously we are giving away not only those two gaming headsets we have already announced the winners for, but we had a major prize pack, the snack pack to end all snack packs, the family feast. This thing is going to keep you entertained and educated and comfortable until the cows come home. And they ain't coming home for a long time, Miss Hart. So we're talking about our family feast, which had in it not only... An Audio-Technica Creative Pack Pro set. An Audio-Technica gaming headset. One Times Pokemon Celebration Special Collection for those TCG fans out there. One Times 8-Bit Founders Coin. An 8-Bit Tee. An 8-Bit Hoodie. One entry into the 2022 8-Bit Family Portrait. And One Times Guest Host Spot on a future Hungry Gamers episode, as well as a collection of our personal favorite titles from 2021. That can be games and or films. And the winner goes to Miss Hart. Can you give me a drum roll? The winner of the major prize pack for 2021, you are taking home the 8-Bit Family Feast to end all feasts. James Culverhouse, congratulations, good sir. You win. Perfect. We'll be sliding into those messages in the coming days to get your postal details, and we'll be shipping all that and more to you. Hopefully, we can get it to you before Christmas. Uh, There is a few things we need to sort of grab from our web store, like the merchandise, so that'll be coming in a separate shipment. Full disclosure, but we'll get everything we can to you before Christmas, so you can... uh, add to that Christmas experience and that holiday break that hopefully we're all partaking in over the coming weeks. So, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of the 2021 biddies. 
That's a nice tight runtime. Jeff Keighley and the people that run the Oscars and the Emmys and all those things. Take a good hard look at yourselves. This is how you do an award ceremony. Keep it tight. Exactly right. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. Keep it neat. I'm also available for hand farting musical segments. Yes, I will uh, yeah, share those details. We'll, we'll send out a, a media kit on those ones, a couple of sample tracks, and you can uh, yeah, utilize that if you want for uh, background streaming music while you twitch. There, there's no sort of uh, yeah, copyright issues there with uh, Miss Ali Hart's Christmas seasonal hand fart album, which is uh, coming soon to Sanity, I believe. You're going oh, yes. the old school route. You're Virgin bringing physical Records. print back. Yeah. <laughs> Uh. But, Miss Hart, that brings us to the end of the biddies for 2021. Obviously, this is the second last episode of The Hungry Gamers for the year. Mm. Next week, we are not only returning to the studio for one last time where we're going to be tackling our favourite things of 2021, but we're going to be doing it for the first time ever via a live stream. Live! That is youtube.com forward slash we are 8 bit. We're going to be kicking things off around 10, 10.30 a.m. Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time. Uh, so, yeah, 10, 10.30, New South Wales, Victoria. Uh, that would mean, I think, 7, 7.30 for people in WA or 9, 9.30 for Queensland or 9.30 or 10 for South Australia because I think that's half an hour back. So there's there's the Australian time zone numbers. It's it's ridiculous. But yeah, if, just look at New South Wales Victoria time. Head on over youtube.com forward slash we are eight bit. At around, you know, ten AM, we'll be uh kicking things off because uh, it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be our first ever live stream broadcast of the hungry gamers so it's gonna be a fantastic way to end the year. Mm. But thanks to everybody out there that took time to send in their votes, send in their responses for not only the biddies, but also for Festivus. It's great to hear your thoughts and your opinions, good, bad, or otherwise, depending on if it was Festivus orientated or it was the biddies. Because, yeah, those those voices are, are what drives us forward and, and you guys shape this show. So uh, we're very appreciative of everybody that took time out of their day to uh, yeah send those thoughts and opinions in because uh, we love you for it. Yeah, exactly. It goes with this and goes with, obviously, a Festivus episode as well. You guys just taking the time to, uh, you know, put your input into our content and uh, we look forward to being able to hang out with some of you in the next week. Very much so. Very much so. But, yeah, this brings us to the end of the biddies. Thank you for stopping on by 8-Bit Nation. Hopefully those seats out there in the giant coliseum that is the 8-Bit Studio were very comfy as you were listening on and uh, congrats to all our winners and also congrats to all our nominees because every single one of those games, films, TV shows, characters that we mentioned today are well worth your time and investment. So uh, yeah, be sure to check out every one of those that were nominated and be sure to check out especially all the winners because uh, they were very deserving. But until next week, 8-Bit Nation, or until next year, Awards ceremony season. It has been our pleasure to bring you the Hungry Gamers for the second last time of 2021. Much love. And closing out this episode is a song from one of our nominees. We present to you The Darkest Theme by Johnny Galvatron and Josh Abrahams from The Artful Escape. 